ReachMD XM157 presents a special series, Insights in Future Medicine. You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. The use of robotics in cardiac surgery. The Heartlander, a novel epicardial crawling robot. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and with me today is Dr. Cameron Revere. He is the professor of robotics engineering and the head of the Heartlander Project at the Robotics Institute of Carnegie Mellon University. Also with us today is Dr. Marco Zanotti. He is a cardiac surgeon at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and the co-principal investigator of the Heartlander device. Gentlemen, welcome to the program today. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Revere, why don't we start with what is the Heartlander? So Heartlander is a, a miniature mobile robot, as it were, a crawling robot uh, that's designed to enter through an incision into the uh, pericardial sac to adhere to the epicardial surface using suction. And the device has two feet, if you will, two solid bodies, and it is able to crawl in inchworm fashion across the heart, uh, forward and backward, as well as side to side, so that a desired location on the epicardium can then be reached, and then uh, some kind of intervention can be applied once the desired location is reached. Dr. Zanotti, how would this device be inserted? Uh, what type of incision would you need to make to bring this device to the heart? Well, we like to, really to talk about a percutaneous approach uh, because really that's, this is what uh, we have been working and We have focused our efforts in the last few years on the frontier between interventional cardiology and uh, minimal invasive surgery. And uh, actually where the two fields meet is actually in this uh, apicardial approach, uh, which is neither percutaneous through a blood vessel or uh, traditionally uh, endoscopic, uh, like a minimal invasive surgery. So we propose the Heartlander as a enabling technology to allow a sub-siphoid approach, just going entering uh, with a, a tiny, I would say, port, uh, I mean, la, like five millimeter below the siphoid where the sternum ends, and then entering directly in the pericardial sac. This has several advantages uh, as opposed to traditional minimal invasive uh, surgery. Now, Dr. Revere, you said that the device then can crawl across the surface of the heart. How does it do that exactly? So the uh, device has, there are no motors on board the prototypes that we've built so far. Rather, the motors to actuate the device are in a small box on the tabletop, and there are flexible push wires that run through the tether to the device. So uh, the walking or, or locomotion is done simply by alternating the suction. In other words, think of it as you're turning off the suction on the front foot and push forward on the push wires to cause the front foot to advance. Once that has advanced a step, then the suction is turned back on on that front foot and it's turned off on the back foot. Then we have a way to cause the back foot to advance to meet the front. And that's just done cyclically. Moving side to side can be done by advancing unequal amounts of wire. So there are two push wires if one wire is advanced more than the other, then obviously that causes the front foot to turn to one side or the other. It almost sounds like it crawls like a worm would crawl. Is that the, a good analogy? Yes, that's exactly it. Now, Dr. Zanotti, when this device is going over the epicardial surface, is there a problem with the coronary arteries getting in the way or causing any trauma to the epicardial surface? Well, obviously, uh, as you correctly point out, uh, there are no fly zones. 
like coronary arteries would be a good example. But luckily, we have ways to actually map the surface and create like a roadmap that we can then use to guide diagnostic or therapeutic intervention. We actually envision this robot to be semi-autonomous. Once we have an image, we can basically program this to perform an intervention on a, on a target which is predetermined and, and, and safely avoid those no-fly zones. Now, Dr. Rivera, you said that it uses suction in, in order to do motion. How is the suction actually generated with the device? Uh, there's, a, there's a vacuum pump outside, again, on the tabletop, and then flexible suction lines are, are included in the tether uh, that joins this thing to the outside. So uh, each of the two feet has its own dedicated suction line and then we can simply uh, switch the suction on and off from the outside. Now, Dr. Zanotti, can you use this device to actually get around to the back of the heart? Is most of the heart accessible with this device? Well, it will take a little bit of three-dimensional knowledge of the pericardial reflections, which is actually quite complex to understand, but there are some uh, recesses uh, or sinuses, uh, and there are some reflections that uh, create some barriers. So with that in mind, we can either navigate around or try to go through those barriers, and uh, none of those are impossible to um, really you know, traverse, uh, depending uh, really on the type of um, diagnostic or intervention that one has in mind. Uh, it's easier, obviously, to work on the ventricular side because it's uh, really free uh, inside the pericardial space. It will be a little more uh, um, labor-intensive to uh, work around, uh, say, the left atrium. It might be worth saying that in the porcine model, which is where all of our experiments have been done so far, we have managed to reach pretty much everywhere on the surface that we've wanted to reach at this point, in other words, up toward the base of the heart. This was not the case with our first prototypes, which were a little bit too large to really be able to fit everywhere we wanted them to go in terms of posterior, anterior. But our latest prototype has really enabled us to get pretty much all around the, the pig heart. You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and my guests today are Dr. Cameron Revere, who is the professor of robotics engineering at Carnegie Mellon University, and Dr. Marco Zanotti, who is a cardiac surgeon at the University of Pittsburgh. And we're discussing the Heartlander, a novel epicardial crawling robot uh, for the use in cardiac surgery in the future. Uh, Dr. Zanotti, this can be used, I suppose, on the beating heart. There's no problem using it with the heart beating? No, actually, it is designed to work on the beating heart. Uh, and in fact, the Heartlander uh, is uh, what we call, in, in this case, a heart-mounted robot. So it, it is mounted on the beating heart for producing, uh, basically, uh, uh, stillness of the area that is uh, between the legs of the Heartlander uh, where an intervention can be performed. So, Dr. Zanotti, can you tell me about some of the applications you can see for this Heartlander device in the future? Well, we envision uh, a host of uh, applications that we put under the umbrella of the epicardial frontier. So there's a lot of uh, procedures that don't fall under the open-heart surgery, um, traditional renal cardiac surgery, and they are really right now out of reach for the interventional cardiologist or electrophysiologist, but, and they can be deployed on the surface of the heart. For instance, one is uh, a ventricular tachycardia with an epicardial focus. Uh, this will be an ideal application for the heartlander. Another application, for instance, injection of stem cell therapy, or uh, now they are interested in injecting polymers to somewhat uh, modify the maladaptive remodeling that is associated with uh, myocardial infarction. So it sounds like you can actually inject things through this device or, or use uh, catheters or wires through the device to get to the epicardial surface? Yes, the injection, in fact, has been probably the uh, best application that is 
has been validated uh, by uh, our group together with uh, Cam Riviere. Uh, we actually presented this last week uh, uh, in Rome uh, at the international meeting uh, on um, basically a proof of concept of uh, injecting a substrate in the ventricle in a, in a targeted location. So one of the applications could be ablation for ventricular tachycardias. So is there a way that this device can actually electrically map the surface of the heart? Yes, and uh, one of the benefits would be that one can easily move the device across the heart in, let's say, for example, a a regular grid pattern or carefully measured grid sort of pattern. It's not difficult to program the device so that it automatically or semi-automatically covers a given area in a grid sort of pattern, sensing as it's going so that the mapping could be done and this could then be interfaced with whatever medical imaging system or other tracking or imaging system for the anatomy uh, one has so that that map that's generated could be registered to uh, other imaging or sensing modalities. Do you see in the future that you can use this device to do uh, surgical procedures through it beyond just uh, ablation or injection? Could devices be put through it that you can remove tissue or or even do bypass in the future? We've put together a concept uh, for how we could even do suturing potentially with this device. Now, that we have not built yet, uh, but we have put together a concept for it. There's a pretty wide range of things one can do through the device, some of which are simple, single degree of freedom actuation things like an injection, but there's no reason that it has to be limited to a single degree of freedom. And Dr. Zanotti, you mentioned gene therapy. How would this device be used in protocols with gene therapy? Well, it all will be a marriage of very high quality uh, imaging, uh, diagnostics, uh, and uh, targeted interventions. Uh, and I think uh, her lender could be ideally suited uh, to be basically guided by image and can autonomously perform the intervention. You know, it's really independent of what medium you are trying to uh, use for therapeutic purposes. Uh, It will be a combination of uh, different uh, treatments uh, for, uh, I think, a lot uh, falls under the heart failure umbrella because a lot of patients with heart failure these days require not only, for instance, uh, you say, injectable polymer of uh, cells, but also give an example, a resynchronization, so placement of a, a pacing lead on the left ventricle. This is another uh, application that uh, the Heartlander is uh, uniquely really uh, suited uh, to perform. Dr. Revere, how did you come up with the design for this particular device? Well, much of my previous work uh, had dealt with modeling and suppression of hand tremor for microsurgical applications. Because of that, uh, or as a result of having done that work, so you know, the hand tremor is also a quasi-periodic biological signal uh, that got me interested, got me wondering whether some of the same technologies could be applicable to modeling and suppression then of other biological signals during surgery, such as heartbeat, respiration. Uh, I asked uh, some colleagues then to uh, put me in touch with a cardiac surgeon so that I could explore some of those possibilities. Uh, and one of them put me in touch with Dr. Zanotti. We began to meet together, uh, discuss the possibilities, and I started observing some of his procedures. And over the course of a couple months of discussion, this is the concept and and the design that we ended up with, which uh, actually doesn't have any relation to the tremor modeling algorithms that I had worked with in the past, uh, but this really seemed the better approach given the the large range of motion, in other words, the heartbeat motion is rather large on the surface, 
and the uh, the small space that one has to work with. So my previous work got me interested in this area, uh, but in the end, we ended up coming up with a completely different uh, concept for this project. Well, this device sounds very unique, and I think we're going to see more and more a movement in the future to doing uh, less and less invasive surgery, and this may be one of the devices that can certainly help us to do that. I want to thank uh, Dr. Cameron Revere, who is the professor of robotics engineering at uh, Carnegie Mellon University, and Dr. Marco Zanotti, cardiac surgeon at the University of Pittsburgh, and they have been working together on developing this Heartlander device, a unique crawling robot for delivering therapies to the epicardium of the heart. I am Dr. Matthew Sorrentino, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to a special series, Insights in Future Medicine on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals.